following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. Good morning, church. Well, greetings from Church of Truth in Ukraine. And from everybody else that sent me, you know, they do have to share me with you. They love me, very protective of me. And so I'm so glad to be here. And I'm so honored to be here. And it's always a privilege and joy. Could somebody help me out? I need a glass and I need another bottle of water, please. Thank you, Brian. Thank you so much. I need a glass, though. Thank you so much. This is going to be a show and tell I hope <laughs> it's going to be a lesson. Um, well, uh, it is, it's always good to, to come, but here at the door, uh, uh, a sister asked me, um, it's, it's not really possible to leave Ukraine right now, right? And I said, yep, it's not possible. But yet we live in the impossible. It's something God has uh, allowed for us to have. How many of you have witnessed a miracle in your life or anybody else's? I mean, all of us have experienced him in some way, and that's why there's nobody that can convince us that he isn't capable of something, right? He can do anything, everything, anytime, anywhere for anybody, including you. Can, can you just say that, including me? including you, even though maybe some days you feel very not worthy (laughs) and you're thinking, I'm such a loser. (laughs) And just when I repented, I have sinned again. And just when I apologized, thank you so much, I have messed things up again. And, And God is saying, you are holy. You are worthy because Jesus has made you that way. Not yet. I need a volunteer. Is there anybody? All right, you have an assignment while I'm talking. Thank you, sister. Here you go. Don't spill a single drop, but make your way around and come right back to me. Go ahead. It's okay. I mean, we all mess up, right? This was the message. You guys, you're supposed to be supportive. This was really full glass. If you think it's easy, you should try it. I can get another glass. Well, Brian can, for anybody that's wanting to try. (laughs) So uh, as she's making her way, focused on not spilling, we should be focused on being filled. I, I would encourage you to not only hear the message that I have, but hear what God is saying. Try to listen between the lines if there is such a thing. 
but I feel like the Lord has a, a word for you, and I feel like he has given me the authority to preach it today, maybe challenge you a little bit. Actually, uh, a message I've been praying about to deliver to you guys today is a message of fasting. Isn't that interesting? And Pastor Renee just mentioned that you are going into the fasting. And I'm like, hey, what a great confirmation. We did not discuss this, of course. But uh, with my whole heart, I believe we are to fast more than we actually do. Some of us are like, well, I love food too much. I'm not giving it up. Uh, well, you don't have to fast food. Okay, let's see. Let's, let's inspect that. Okay, it's really good. Look at this. It's a full glass. It's really good. Yeah, thank you so much. So here is the mm, question for you, dear sister. When you were carrying the glass, did you notice that Brian was picking his nose? No, I'm serious. Did you, did you see that? No. There was another guy who I saw because I'm right here and I watched. He was texting. Did you see that? No. Well, here is the lesson, you guys. <laughs> when God gives us an assignment and when we are focused on that assignment and when we are focused to do it well, we have no time to look around. I feel like sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we, we somehow, I don't know how, but we find the time to judge, criticize our brothers and sisters, judge how they dress, how they look, or whether they're running for a board of a school and didn't win. We talk about that. We find... <laughs> We find, we, I'm, I don't know if that's actually happening. <laughs> Brian, you're my example <laughs> today. But sometimes we even find the time to discuss politics. Are you hearing me, you guys? And this is an embassy of kingdom of God. The church is a completely different culture. The church has a completely different dynamic. You and I are to live out of that culture. Forget that you're an American. I'm wearing this shirt that has a Ukrainian um, um, symbol, trident. It's, uh, there's actually a word hidden within it. It's called vola. In Ukrainian, that means freedom. It's a hidden word because of, well, you can read about it. It's a whole history. But the, the thing is that my nation has never been really proud to be, you know, who they are. And people of Ukraine were never really proud of their flag and of their language and of their things. And now, because the whole world has been watching, you know, and seeing Ukraine since 2014, really up until now, and now especially that Ukraine did not, uh, you know, fall apart, but is fighting and staying strong. And with all that, Ukrainians have become really proud to be Ukrainians and are wearing, you know, shirts with their little Ukrainian logos and, and, and flags and whatever. But the point is that that's not what we should be patriotic about or proud about. I mean, it's good to love your country and, and understand that God has placed you here for a reason. You speak English for a reason. Don't get me wrong. He gave you an assignment here for a reason. But you and I are living out of a completely different 
culture and our logo, our symbol, and our flag is completely different. You know, the language um, of heaven, it's not tongues. The language that God speaks, God's love language and his language for you and I is obedience. When he speaks, he expects you to obey. So I encourage you uh, to, to, of course, study the word, read the word, do it with somebody, share the mission, the assignment that God has for you. Focus on that because really none of us have time for anything else but the assignment that he gave us if we want to do it well. I want to bring up a story out of the scripture, Matthew, if you open with me or just make a note and read it at home. It's a great scripture. You all know it, Matthew chapter 14. You remember the, you remember the storm and the boat and Jesus walked on water, supernatural, right? And the whole story, you all probably are very familiar. If you're not, just read it at home, Matthew 14, through 20, uh, 24, 14, 24 through 33. And I'm just going to read maybe one or two verses in my language uh, just for fun of it. But I will translate. So, okay, the storm is happening. And the reason I'm sharing it is because in Ukraine, there is storm happening. Are you hearing me, you guys? War isn't fun. It's not exciting. It's loss, trauma, trauma, and more trauma. And to be in the middle of it, there's only one way to be in that. is with Jesus. Is to find peace within him. There's no other way. I mean, if you're in the middle of the storm, you know the story, right? The, you know, waves were strong. The wind was strong. The boat was shaking. The disciples were freaking out. I don't know the words that's used in English because I'm looking in, in Russian in my Bible, Ukrainian and Russian. And, uh, and it verse, let's see, um, verse 32, 33. I'm reading just in my language, right? Бывшие же в лодке подошли, поклонились ему и сказали, истина, ты сын Божий. In my scripture, it says that those that were remaining in the boat saw who he was, witnessed it, and said, truly, you are son of God. So here is, here is what I would like to highlight for us, church, today. Uh, the disciples, they were all in the boat there. They all had an option to step out in faith and trust Jesus that he will do the supernatural for them as well. And, and that the storm is not going to affect them, harm them, destroy them. He was so close to them. He was right there. And only one did it. Who walked out of the boat, people? Come on. Who's re Peter? Don't you love Peter? I love him. He's so radical. So Peter walks out of the boat, but at this time, you guys, here is what, what you and I need to remember. When we choose to walk out of our comfort and we choose to walk toward Jesus, we're going to be approaching a place of peace. And you know what? Whether you want to or not, people are going to be noticing you're different. 
you stand out. In the middle of the storm, in the middle of chaos, political, uh, financial, whatever happens, it's just everybody's reacting and responding to the circumstances of today different than you. Why is that? Because you are on your way to the peacemaker, to the creator of everything. You are on your way to the presence of the one that controls everything, that is in charge of anything. With just a whisper, he stops anything that's chaotic and out of order. And so when you feel like, well, people are watching me. Why are they watching me? Why are they talking about me? Why are they this? Why are they? It's simply because you stand out already just because you stepped out like Peter did and so all those other disciples remained in the boat they were just observing they were watching they didn't uh, step out and maybe some of them later regretted maybe they thought well I should have tried <laughs> we don't know but I'm assuming they were you know just like us so probably <laughs> But the message for you and I today is that in the middle of the storm, we all have a storm. God is inviting us into his peace. And that is the only way that we are still able to do what we do and to be in Ukraine and to continue to minister and to continue to help others that are in the middle of the storm yet don't have that intimate, close relationship with God who gives peace. My wife, Amanda, of course, sends her greetings. She's at church as well, but in another church in Texas, she decided to use that as her story. She's in church in Texas, but really she just wanted the good weather. So <laughs> I, know, I, I, know, I know her heart is, is, means well, but I also know she really doesn't like this much snow. So n no blankets will help. Uh, but she does send her, her love and her greetings, and she's super um, happy when she comes with me, of course, here. But this time, she also went to see family. And, uh, you know, we, we were on our way here, and it took us four days to get here because we had to drive across the country, then across another country, then the border wait, then we had to, well, sleep at some point, you know, and then uh, we visited some of the people we evacuated, some of our kids that we've evacuated uh, uh, that are in Poland, and then we had a flight, and so we made it, yay. But with all that, you guys, it's such a journey, it's such a, you know, waste of time in my mind of in terms of travel. Like, we lost all these shortcuts where we could have a flight, and but... At the same time, I'm looking at it. We're driving. We meet so many, you know, military workers at one uh, border, another border. From city to city, there are, you know, block posts, we call them, where there's military. We get to minister. I had a whole uh, pocket in the side of my door full of prayer books, like prayer books we created, prayer booklets we created. And we were giving those out to the soldiers and the border guards and you name it and, and and of course this is the time when everybody in my nation right now has an open heart to hear what is God saying and what is going to happen I'm like you know what nobody knows when the war is ending but God does pray to him and so uh, when you are living in such an, an uncertainty every day there's only one thing that people want 
for war to end soon. And nobody knows when that's happening. Nobody's giving dates. Nobody. Everybody's just talking, assuming, which isn't a, a great way to <laughs> to try and hope. And and in our nation right now, there's such such hopelessness, such thick and heavy atmosphere, and it's just, you could feel it. People uh, people come to you at the store. You run into them, you know, at the center in the church. They come to church because they're seeking. But, but at the same time, with all that, you could just feel such hopelessness. And there's only one who is true hope. There's only one who gives the hope. And so we trust him. But with all that, you guys, as the, I have a testimony for you, maybe a few. But one of the testimonies is that as we, um, as the True Hope Ministry, we've been so busy helping people for this whole year. And we've seen so many, you know, people's changed and transformed and we got to feed them we got to house them we got to evacuate and if i get into numbers it's thousands upon thousands but it's not about the numbers it's about still the one that god trusted you in front of you and so uh, but if we if we didn't have the church if we didn't have church of truth like pastor renee has mentioned if we didn't have that we'd be just another humanitarian aid center that's it Maybe the government needs one. Maybe our city needs more than one. But God needs his church. Last year, he spoke to me when I was here so kindly, so gently before war in the middle of the night when I was watching worship back home and preparing for a sermon here in the States. And he spoke to me and he said, I am going to teach you how to love my body like I love my body. You are his body. He's going to teach you and I how to love his body because his body isn't just in the, within this building. And so our church has been working really hard to pray for the people because to give them a bag of food isn't a solution. Can somebody say amen to that? We know what the eternal difference happens after you give the food, but also give the spiritual food, pray for them, give them peace or a way to the one who's a peace giver. So our church, of course, has been so um, open to serve. And, and our church grew. I don't know, many of you probably have not been to Church of Truth yet, but actually this year we're going to be celebrating 10 years for Church of Truth. 10 years, that's a, that's a long time. And I'm so grateful because we started with just a few uh, orphans who were not accepted by the church, if some of you remember. But that's why God led us out to start a church for those that were kicked out, leftovers of the society, even the Christian one. And so, you know, uh, it's believing is, is easy until it gets difficult. Are you hearing me? Faith is really easy. It's a e piece of cake. Tell me to pray, I'll pray. Tell me to believe for healing, I'll believe. But when I'm sick, <laughs> I might pray a little different. <laughs> I might even fast. Faith isn't supposed to be just a theory. It's not supposed to be just a, uh, a teaching. Faith is supposed to be a lifestyle. 
It's supposed to be a walk of faith. And, and many people have asked me since the war started in text messages or in person, said, how are in the world are you still there? Why would you want to stay there? It's so chaotic. What a mess. You don't know when the next missile is going to hit. Why and how? And, and my only answer is that I trust God completely. It's a matter of trust. I mean, if you really believe him, if you really believe that he can protect you, he can save you, he can keep you safe, and your whole family and your church and your people and whatever, then you're going to act on it. If you believe in something, you're actually going to do it. If you believe the veggies are good for you, guess what? You're going to eat them even if they're not super tasty. Usually anything organic is like, please... Add some salt to it. But because you were taught and told and you read an article about it, it's good for me. So I'm eating it even though I'm not loving it. I'm eating it because I believe in it. Are you hearing me, church? Well, I believe that it's a season for us that God is leading us into a season where our faith isn't, uh, isn't just uh, theoretical anymore, but it's going to be practical. What does it look like? What is your faith? What does it look like? What is it shaped as? Because I know when war came and none of us were prepared, none of us were expecting, especially me, uh, I, I remember sitting and praying and I said, okay, God, are we ready for it? <laughs> like, really, are we? I'm not talking about my nation, my, you know, soldiers in the nation or whatever. I'm talking about me. Are we ready for it? Am I ready for it? And so gently, so quietly, but so firmly, he spoke to me again and he said, all these years of your Christian life, I've been preparing you for this day. So everything that you have heard in this church, in the previous church, in another home group, wherever you heard the truth preached to you, wherever you may be preached God's message, listen, all of that has been a walk of preparation for what's to come in your life. Are you hearing me, church? So whatever battles you may face today, and you think, well, I don't know when this battle is going to end. It doesn't matter. You were prepared. You were equipped. You're ready for it. When it gets tough in life, I call those moments of life hot spots <laughs> because you feel like you're, you're literally thrown into the front line and it's just a war zone and, and you, you just don't know where to hide, what to do. You have no solution. There's no formula. Nothing's working. Nothing's helping. Well, here's what I believe. According to scripture that I read, the Bible it talks about that he's equipping us. He's giving us the gifts of the Spirit. He's giving us everything we could possibly need for the time that we need it at. Even when you were not equipped before, supernaturally he equips you. Um, see, here's the thing. War, any kind of war, according to Scripture, is a spiritual battle. And if it's a supernatural, spiritual war, why would I be expecting a natural solution from the government? Are you hearing me, you guys? If, we, if this is a spiritual mess that the enemy has created, if we as the church, we fast, we pray, we intercede, and we seek 
solution, answer, and victory within our God who can do everything and anything. And so I trust him completely. So when you believe in God Almighty, when you believe in what he has done for you, when you believe, when you truly believe, you're going to act out of that. You're not going to judge. You're not going to criticize. You are not going to hate because you know that your language of heaven that God has trusted you is obedience. You're going to obey. And his love language is obedience. He loves when his kids are obeying, when they hear his voice. But don't just hear it. It's a nice voice. Don't just listen to it. Go out and do it, whatever the assignment that he has given you. Focus on that with your whole heart. Isn't that the message you, you have started? Whole, what is it? Wholehearted, right? That means with your whole heart, right? It's not a hole in your heart. It's with your whole heart. I was thinking about that word. I'm like, wait a second. Did I get that right? Does it? Yeah, it's a different kind of hole. I had to check the spelling and check the dictionary just to make sure. Uh, my testimony is that I fast three times a month at least. And for the past seven years, the Lord has been really challenging me to fast. <laughs> I fasted meat for seven years. Not because I wanted to, but because my body was rejecting all kinds of meat. And, and you can receive it as a battle and try and fight it, which I did, and, and, and prayed against it. And then I received it as something God has prepared me for. And I know I can do it. If he's given me this, I can walk through it. And he can give me the strength for it. Some people quote the Bible a little bit incorrectly. They say, God doesn't give me more than I can handle. Well, the truth is that there is no scripture like that. It says, it says that he can give you the strength for what you don't have the strength for. It's so much better <laughs> because when you are feeling so weak, when you are feeling so lost and frustrated, all you need is just a little bit of his strength, a little bit of his encouragement, just a little bit. And he does. He says, I'm going to give it to you. Those that are weak, I'm going to be strong within you guys. So, okay, John 3, 16. I want to open with you really quick. You all know the scripture and love the scripture. He loves us. Uh, but I actually want to go to the next verse, verse 17. John 3, 16. You all, I hope, memorize and know by heart. Can somebody say amen? It's one of the scriptures we need to, um, of course, reading out of my Bible. Uh, verse 17, it says... Ибо не послал Бог Сына Своего в мир, чтобы судить мир, но чтобы мир спасен был через Него. It says that he didn't send his son to judge the world, but he sent him to do what? What does it say in your... To save the world. Isn't that great? That's already an assignment for you and I. We're not judging. We're not criticizing the other churches, the other people their opinions, none of that matters. What does matter is that salvation that is available to us through him. If you ever were chasing miracles and supernatural things, well, here it is. Salvation is the greatest miracle anybody would ever need. 
all of our little givings, all of our little efforts, all of our little lives really mean nothing unless they are in the hand of God. That's eternal difference right there. Anything you do will make an eternal difference just because you have first trusted it to him. So I want to challenge you, church, to seek God more, to fast more. Find out what is it in your life. I'm not talking about food. I fasted, you know, food, but I also fasted things like my phone. My phone was so annoying. Has anybody had that? It's so, and don't tell me, don't tell me you're going to, since today you're going to fast something sinful. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> that you should always fast. I'm talking about things that distract you from, from paying attention to his voice, paying attention to what his will, what he's doing, paying attention to God. And that usually is, at least I've observed over the 16 years of my visits to the States as a missionary to America. I've observed how this nation started to be so focused on the devices and not the people. Even when they're in like little cafes, they're not really looking at each other. They're looking at their phones. I'm so glad people that meet with me, they don't look at the devices, they look at me. So fast your phone maybe for a day. I challenged my wife. She'd be okay if I share this, so... It's, it's a green light. Uh, she, uh, she, I've challenged my wife. She was reading news way too much. It's so easy in our country right now because you want to know every day. You want to know what in the world is happening. What are they predicting? What are they talking about? Where, where have they destroyed? And she's been reading way too much information and news in America and in Ukraine and just trying to analyze it all and then had an opinion of her own. And, and I said, Amanda... I said, babe, you please take a break, fasted for two weeks. And you know what? She's an amazing wife. She said, okay, I'll do it. So two weeks is so hard. Every time she picked up her phone, I'm like, what are you doing? She said, nothing. <laughs> so with all that, find a partner who can help you get through it. Warn your family that you're about to fast TV for a week. And please don't tempt me. Put the remote away. Are you hearing me, you guys? But let's be intentional about it. It's not going to happen accidentally. Salvation doesn't happen accidentally. It's an intentional act of salvation, which he already did. And now he has given us the assignment. And he said, if you have faith, at least a size of a mustard seed, that's enough. That's enough for me to work with. So I want to encourage you and challenge you with this. The more clear the vision is that God has given us, or the mission, the more clear that is, the less, the less um, options you consider. Are you hearing me, you guys? The, more, the bigger the variety is out there for you to choose, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? <laughs> when you only have one choice, is to make sure that nothing spills. I'm really good at this because she already spilled quite a bit. But, but when you have an assignment, when you, when you have, thank you for that. When you have an assignment from God and you're doing it with your whole heart, you're doing it intentionally, you're doing it 
uh, every day. You're really caring for the people he has trusted you today and tomorrow and another and third day, whatever. But when you're doing that, you really don't have time to be considering other options. I remember this is my last testimony that's kind of an embarrassing one. But uh, you're, you're very loving, so I hope you won't judge too much. Uh, my first time in America was 2007, and I was um, living uh, by Walmart. You guys know Walmart, right? And so I didn't have a car. I, you know, didn't drive. So I walked to Walmart, and I wanted chips, the certain kind that we have in Ukraine with sour cream and onions, and it was just such a good bag of chips. And so I get to the store, to Walmart, and um, I mean, it's a massive store. I've never seen a supermarket this big up until that point. And so I walk in, and the lady at the store is greeting me, and she said, hello, how you doing? And I said, oh, hi, I'm so jet-lagged, I'm tired, but I'm all right overall. How are you doing? And I actually started to tell her how I'm doing. And she seemed very nice, but I realized, you know, like three minutes into conversation, she didn't need to hear all of that. And then I said, you know, do you know where the chips are? So she, you know, sent me to look for chips, and I get to chips, uh, and apparently it's not just, uh, you know, three options of chips. It was two aisles of chips. And I stood there, and I stared at it, then I walked it down, and I walked it back, and I just kept walking and studying all these flavors. I was just fascinated, like, oh, my gosh, I can't even read that word, and what is that? And wow, look at all these options. And, and you know what? I left the store probably two hours later without any chips. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. When we have way too many options that we consider... We get overwhelmed. It's so hard to make a decision. So today, I want to encourage you to not look for something better, to not look for something greater. Well, my ministry's so little, nobody's noticing it. Forget it. It doesn't matter. You have an assignment. There's nothing else more important than what you've been trusted to do. Would you stand with me? And I want to pray with you. Father, we thank you for this, this walk of faith that you have given us, this faith that, all, that looks like something, faith that is daily renewed, your goodness that is renewed, your mercy that is renewed within us. Father, we thank you for how kind you are, for, for the times when we are afraid and scared and lost and confused. You give us peace. Father, we thank you for the fact that you have saved us already and we, we can walk this salvation out by, by spreading it out and sharing it with those around us, by loving on them and not judging them, not criticizing, not giving them a grade, not rating them, but, but loving them truly because this is your body and you're teaching us how to love your body like you love your body. Father, we thank you for the fact that you are the only sal uh, salvation that, that we need. You are the Savior. We can't save anybody. We don't want to try. And we don't want to take the attention. We want to give you 
all the attention and all the glory. So today we say, take it. We glorify you. Receive this. We glorify you. We lift your name up high and we say, we are so honored and we are so privileged that you have trusted us these supernatural miracles that we have witnessed, each one of us, we have witnessed what you can do and what you have done for us or those loved ones of ours. But if you haven't, I challenge you to ask God. Just ask, ask him now. Say, God, I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to witness it. Guess what? Even when you're asking to see a supernatural miracle in your life and an answer to your prayers, he'll do it. Because he knows your heart and he knows how to minister to your heart. Father, we thank you. We thank you that nothing can harm us because we are in your hand. We thank you that we can live out of the culture of heaven. We can live it out. We can speak the language of heaven, which is, uh, which is love. We can love one another. We can love those that are not our family, those that are an enemy. We can love them and we can bless them. Father, we thank you for that. You have given us a different culture. You have given us a different name. You have given us a new name. So today we receive the assignment that you have for us with a whole heart. We receive it and we say, we're ready, Lord. We're ready to take it on and run with it. We're ready to be obedient because we know that is your love language. So we're ready to be obedient. When you tell us to go, we'll go. When you tell us to stop, we'll stop. We thank you, Father. Can somebody um, tell me that you have been um, needing a healing? I feel like there's somebody that's been needing a healing, actually in their left knee. If there's if there's somebody, maybe somebody you know, maybe somebody online, I pray, to, I, I pray and I ask you to test it out. Just start testing your left knee. Maybe you were even told you need a surgery. Father, we pray for complete healing of the left knee, whoever that is, wherever they are, Lord, do what you want to do. Have it your way. Not like the doctors are talking, but have it your way. Heal that knee in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We love you. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.